0: This is a FUBAR radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com.
1: You're listening to Femi on FUBAR radio.
2: If I was Tommy Robinson, which thankfully I'm not, I would feel beyond humiliated today. You've just got this tiny rabble of embarrassing weirdos on the streets of London today, including people who I just walked past screaming abuse at carol singers. I've listened very carefully to what has been said in this chamber and out of it. We will therefore defer the vote scheduled for tomorrow and not proceed to divide the House at this time. Mr
3: Speaker, we've endured two years of shambolic negotiations.
2: We're now on our third Brexit secretary. We were promised a precise and substantive document and got a vague 26-page wish
3: list. And the fault for that lies solely at the door of this shambolic government.
0: The result uh, of the ballot uh, held this evening is that the parliamentary party does have confidence.
4: Um, you know, this is a lame duck Prime Minister. I mean, she may have won, but it's a subtle victory. It's not a full victory because, you know, Margaret Thatcher won um, that vote back in 1990 and seven days later, she was gone. So, welcome to The Floor Is Yours. I'm Femi, one of the co-founders of Our Future, Our Choice, um, the youth movement to get a vote on the Brexit deal, which we can all see is going so well. Um, Yes, this week has been... Absolute, an absolute shit show, to be honest. Um, we have a deal nobody wants, but we knew that. Uh, we, it was supposed to be the time where the parliament would vote on the deal. Uh, so we decide whether or not the deal that they've negotiated with the EU for the past two years was good enough. And all predictions said that it would be an overwhelmingly, um, overwhelming defeat. And so basically, Theresa May chickened out. She said, well, actually, uh, I know you think my deal is shit. So we're going to be uh, postponing that until, well, hopefully next year at some point. Um, and it's ridiculous. And then after that, uh, the Tory party said, well, that's enough of that. And so they tried to basically remove her. And they put in letters to say that let's let's get a different prime minister. And she won that. And one of the leading Brexiteers that said that we should do get rid of Theresa May was uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg. Who, uh, <laughs> yeah, so he, he lost that vote 60, 60, um, by 63%, well, 63% voted in favour of Theresa May, uh, but apparently that wasn't enough. He thinks she should resign. But um, today I'm joined in the studio by Ashwin Buller. Hello, um, one the head of THTC. Oh,
2: yeah, the uh, just head of digital. Head of um, digital. Head definitely, digital. Not the head, definitely not the head. One,
4: one, one of the heads of <laughs> okay, digital head of of THTC. Um, and he is well. Why don't you tell me about it? Oh well, so <laughs> just
2: to kind of start, THTC clothing. We're one of the UK's leading ethical streetwear labels, and mm. we make all our clothes from hemp mm. organic cotton, sustainable materials, all of our you know garment workers are paid a living wage in their respective countries, mm. and we have a you know a very big interest in uh, hemp we 're one of the um, kind of founding members of the british hemp Association, a new uh, trade association that is um, here to, uh, well, this formed to kind of promote and pu- push forward the, the interests of British uh, farmers, mm-hmm. hemp farmers, uh, stem- ostensibly, uh, processors, producers, retailers. Mm-hmm. And it's really an agricultural movement in order to um, uh, kind of uh, push forward kind of sustainable reform, like mm-hmm. socially, environmentally, economically sustainable reform in a area that's seeing a lot of, um, I should say action these days, and it's mm. it's just kind of sad at the moment that uh, I mean earlier on this week uh, I think we're going to come onto this mm. uh, a, a private members bill tabled by um, Norm Lam was uh defeated by a very kind of you know relatively speaking a small kind of majority <coughs> just 10 votes and what was it i've got the numbers here just like just oh
4: god i'm sorry <laughs> everything's just That's there's not enough
2: table space in 66, of vo-
4: 66 votes to 52.
2: yeah i mean i'm sure there were a lot more mps out there yeah. and i've got i mean like back in whenever it was february when um I think Crispin Blunt tabled an urgent question uh spe- you know, specifically on Alfie Dingley. Mm. There were a lot of MPs that stood up in the house on both sides and it's interesting to like look at the names of people who voted no on this. Mm. Uh you know among them Peter Bone who himself you know stood up in the house said he would love to see uh you know medicinal cannabis uh kind of you know legalized um and it, this just seems like a you know step in the kind of completely the wrong direction. Well, I mean,
4: it's it's a it's an issue that has been debated by a lot, like both in, mm. the, in the UK and the US and across the world, the legalization of cannabis. But we're gonna we're gonna be talking about that a lot later. Mm. And if you want to take part in this conversation, you can uh, tweet, uh, text, and call. Um, you can uh, tweet in at Fubar Radio, email at, at Femi at Fubar Radio, call at oh three three zero two two three oh two hundred. Um, because we want to hear from you, the floor is yours. But right now, I want to get back to hemp. So, mm. I mean, what is hemp?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, what is that? Is uh, so hemp is uh, uh, cannabis sativa, mm-hmm. the plant. There are kind of three, um, kind of, I say, identified strains, sub strains. You've got cannabis sativa, mm-hmm. cannabis indica, cannabis ruderalis.
4: And do they all make you high? Um No, mm. not all of them
2: mm. some of them some of them have no kind of uh, you know psychotropic psychoactive mm. kind of effect on you essentially um, what most people smoke mm-hmm. and people should you know should know this a lot of people you know cannabis consumers you know don't realize that you're smoking the flour it's mm. just one part of you know the cannabis of the hemp plant. Mm. Um, the difference really between kind of cannabis and hemp, they're the same species, mm. but it's the difference that's, you know, I'd say that's the difference like between cabbage and kale mm. or, uh, you know, they're, they're the same kind of, you know, taxonomic species.
4: But when, but you, get, when you get it, when you get more at Retro,
2: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. So you've, um, oh, thank you. Uh, you've essentially got uh, um, hemp, mm. Uh, which has been used and farmed uh, for you know, thousands of years. That has a number of industrial applications, from textiles, from uh, food, from seed, from you know, source of protein, source of fuel, bioethanol. Um, and then you have cannabis, which is uh, you know a short, much grown, much shorter, s- specifically for the flower. Mm. And within you know within. Uh, cannabis, you've obviously got the active components, you know, cannabinoids, which have mm. an effect um, to uh, to either you know support or interact with your uh, your own endocannabinoid system. So that's a system that I- in exists inside the body, mm. which regulates a lot of um, <clears throat> autonomic uh, kind of functions, uh, for example, autonomic uh, autoimmune um, sorry, Im- the immune system, for example. So what can it be used to treat? Uh f- gosh, I mean, for ex- like. So cannabinoids. Uh, well, the, it's more. It's kind of more worthwhile, I'd say, kind of looking at what the endocannabinoid system regulates. Mm. So that is uh, the um, uh, the immune system, uh, repair system through uh, yeah the uh, the bone repair system. A, a lot of different um, uh, kind of body uh, the, the the digestive system. Um, I'm just trying to think. There's so many uh, different kind of biological functions mm. that it regulates
4: because there was recently a, a story where a woman was trying to get um, cannabis oil um, le- um allowed for her for her son wasn't there
2: uh yes so yeah that's uh well there's a number of children mm. uh that suffer uh from uh, diseases uh and afflictions for example uh you have alfie dingley you also have um uh charlotte oh sorry billy caldwell mm. Um, who both suffer very extreme forms of um, epilepsy? Mm. Uh, THC and CBD uh, shown to bring down seizure threshold in um, epileptic uh, in sufferers of epilepsy.
4: And is there anything legal that can do it as well?
2: Uh, well, CBD mm. uh, is shown to kind of address that, but um, CBD and THC they interact in a way. It's called by many as the, the halo effect. Mm. Uh, they interact in a very kind of again a positive way but mm. again like there's so much uh with this is we've got so much anecdotal evidence mm. kind of behind this uh but people aren't able to get um kind of free and open access to that and there's a whole bunch of you know reasons um kind of behind this uh you know understanding the uh the endocannabinoid system the ecs um i'd recommend like listeners uh you know if they can nip over to youtube and look up uh, a video a couple of videos by a guy called uh, dr ethan russo um, he explains the interaction of uh cannabinoids on the endocannabinoid system and how uh that all kind of works and how that put comes together um yeah that's the you know that that's the i would recommend the best way like my interest and my kind of uh, my interest within the the area of cannabis is uh purely one from the industrial kind of point of view in terms from, of hemp in terms of hemp. Um, but also from, I'd say, uh, a justice uh, kind of reform and anti-prohibitionist kind of stance um, for the last kind of 50 to 100 years, cannabis prohibition has been used to target the working class and people mm. of color. Yep. Um, I mean, the, the the roots of prohibition in America and also the UK, certainly, um have their roots in deeply deeply rooted within racism yeah. within trying to control immigration within trying to turn uh, uh black people and Mexicans away from the border from the southern states indeed uh a lot of people hold up for example uh henry ford as like the 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 icon of the hemp industry he yeah. had a hemp car he you know ha, you know he pioneered um one of the people who uh, pioneered uh, industrial <laughs> <laughs> phones off <laughs> one of the uh people who pioneered um uh the uh, uh creating fuel bioethanol from uh from hemp stock um but he also didn't like jewish people yeah. or black people he funded a lot He you know he funded uh what was it um country music uh, to try and drown out uh, jazz music. And he was very good friends with Harry Anslinger, um, who many people will know as he was a um, a paper baron Hmm. and managed to worm his way into uh, the FBI and then managed to um, become uh, the US advisor to the UN on their drug convention, helped essentially write what is now the UN Drug Convention in the 50s, uh, which was adopted by every kind of UN country and, um, you know, w- w- rolled out cannabis prohibition.
4: And what is the, what is the government now? Uh, what does Theresa May have to say about all this? Is, is she is she pro legalization? Is she pro- is she pro? Um, <sighs> w- w- what, is, what are they saying? Well,
2: you know, this is the thing we're uh, we're currently facing. You know, the, the the big political fish at the moment. Mm. Is Brexit, yeah. and it has been for the last couple of years. There has been no real serious. Uh, I mean, the, the the debate that's happened in the House. I mean, only is you know, as close as February, mm. you had the government saying that cannabis in its raw form has no uh, medicinal uh, properties, kind of mm. whatsoever. Um, so just and then, lying, eh? So just lying. Well, well yeah, essentially, yes. Okay. They're, 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 well, they they were there. Um, and as somebody who you know my my background is I you know I used to work for Defra I mm. was uh, um you know ministerial drafter you know writing responses you know when people would write in questions so I know how mm. like the government will word its responses I know that there are certain uh kind of delay tactics and to be honest the you know the government's kind of position has just been delaying delaying mm. delaying um saying it's you know it's got no medicinal res- uh um I should say properties, yet at the same time, the uh, one of the ministers for uh, uh, drug reform, mm. uh, Vicky Atkins, mm-hmm. her husband uh, is um, one of the chief execs of uh, one of the C-suite of uh, British Sugar. Mm-hmm. British Sugar are the growers of uh, the UK's largest uh, cannabis plantation, which supplies GW Pharma and... Yeah, I think they just supplied GW Pharma. There was the, uh, that uh, the grow plantation itself was actually on country Fire last night. If anybody wants to have a look and see what Britain's only legal cannabis uh, plantation looks like, I suggest that they yeah. go to the UK uh, CSE, that's the UK Cannabis Social Clubs
4: um, uh, Facebook page, and there's a recording. And how do the they there. get stat- special status as a legal legal cannabis plantation? <sighs> They play
2: the game. Mm. I'm, I'm using inverted commas here. There's
4: <laughs> like, uh, th-
2: there is a, a process for um, applying to be a cannabis farmer. There's a process to be uh, uh, a hemp farmer. Mm. Um, I know more about the the hemp process, the the process for applying to be a hemp farmer mm. than I do to you know to be a, a, a cannabis farmer. Hemp yeah.
4: But I mean, okay. So I mean. As you mentioned, Brexit has very much taken over the debate. And I reckon mm. if, I mean, it's my understanding that the MPs, that voted heavily against, they voted against um, the, um, the bill from Norman Lamb um, this week. I don't think they, they fully, I mean, if there's, if there's still so much misinformation about the effects of cannabis, I think if they'd actually taken the time to really look into it, they would have made a, probably made a different decision. Well, and the, so and so we've got um, Norman Lamb, the, M- mm. the MP, right now on, on the phone with us. Hi. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the floor is yours. Um, So you introduced the bill. What would the bill have done? So it would have
3: introduced a legal, regulated market for cannabis for the uh, growing supply and sale of of cannabis. In effect, doing what the Canadians have recently completed. I was in Montreal a few weeks ago, uh, a week after they'd implemented uh, a new regulated market for cannabis. And uh, they are following, in effect, a sort of public health approach uh, aimed at reducing harm, uh, protecting children and young people more effectively. And, you know, the great argument for those who advocate uh, continuing prohibition of of cannabis is that cannabis is dangerous and we've got to protect our young children, our young people from uh, risk. Well, the way you protect people from any risk that there is, is by regulating it, regulating the potency uh, of the product that you can sell, rather than leaving it in the hands of a criminal market Mm. uh, where people have no particular interest in your welfare. And a a, a criminal market where, uh, particularly in the poorest communities in our country, uh, we have a situation where the only way in which a, a dealer that's supplying a, mar- a, a particular uh, area can protect their market uh, against others who challenge that market is through the use of extreme violence, and that's what happens in
4: wait, communities. So, wait, so, uh, so, so are you are you telling me that a pharmacist is a safer place than a drug dealer on a street corner?
3: That's, yeah, I know it's a bit shocking. But oh my God. That's yeah. what I'm, That's what I'm suggesting to you. Uh, It's radical uh, and outrageous, but that's the case. And, you know, in in Canada, they recognised it in Canada, about a block away from where uh, the mental health conference was that I was speaking at, uh, we had the state um, dispensary for cannabis and there was this very orderly queue of about 50 to 100 yards long down the street. Of people of all ages waiting to buy their cannabis in very uh, plain uh, brown paper bags. Um, it was uh, a wonderfully sort of British type of queue. There were no doubt many people in the queue who uh, t- used cannabis for pain relief. At the moment, of course, in this country, we uh, put people at risk of prosecution mm. who use cannabis for pain relief, the most outrageous and scandalous. Uh, uh, situation, but that's what we do in this
4: country. But I mean, the Lib L- Dems have been campaigning for legalization since um, 2017, and the Greens, SNP, and Plaid Cymru—they've um, got—they've gone. They prefer decriminalization. What's the difference between the two?
3: So, decriminalization is where uh, you don't create a legal regulated market. So it remains uh, strictly illegal. Um, but you don't—if someone is caught in possession of cannabis you don't uh, take them through the courts. Uh, So in Portugal, they've decriminalised all drugs and people found in possession uh, are put before a sort of panel uh, and they can be directed into sort of treatment and advice and guidance and so forth. Well, it's actually... Decriminalisation is far more sensible than what we've got at the moment Mm. uh, because we end up giving people criminal records. But it doesn't take the criminals out of the market um so introducing a legal regulated market is much the more sensible thing to do because you start to take criminals out of the market if people can buy it safely through um a regulated source uh, and avoid the risk of buying potentially very potent strains on the street which could mess up your mental health uh then most people would be sensible in doing that um So, uh, you know, the the approach that they've taken in several states in America now, and now in Canada as well, is to properly regulate it. And that's by far the most sensible thing in terms of public health. And then you can actually take tax revenues from it, for goodness sake, which can go towards good things like the NHS, schools the police, and so on.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Jeremy Corbyn has also said this month that criminalising people is not a good idea, whereas um, uh, William Hague... Yeah, but here's
3: the thing. Here's the thing. Labour were instructed to abstain on my bill. They sat there. They were all waiting for the next debate on Brexit. Mm. They all sat there, uh, not voting. And we had a chance to actually advance this cause and only nine Labour MPs broke the whip and voted in favour of it. Now, I admire those people, but uh, Jeremy Corbyn and the front bench has got to get real on this and be radical and recognise that actually we've got to uh, make the case for an evidence-based
4: approach to oh, reducing harm. I, I,
2: yeah, so Norman, I, like, well, first of I'd just like to congratulate yourself and... Uh, the Lib Dems for um, for publishing the framework for a regulated market. Uh, if anyone out there wants to read this paper, it's uh, hosted up on Transforms, uh, the um, <clears throat> the, regu- the uh, drug reform uh, kind of NGOs uh, website. It's a wonderful uh, piece of. Um, uh, kind of policy. Uh, it's a wonderful policy paper with a lot of amazing panel members, uh, Fiona Misham, David Nutt, Fiona Misham from We Are The Loop, David Nutt, the very famous former um, uh, chair of the Advisory Committee on the Misuse of Drugs. Um, also, th- th- Mike
3: th- th- Barson, yeah. the brilliant oh, absolutely. Chief constable yeah. in, in Durham, who was brave enough to, uh, as, a, as a serving chief constable to come on to our uh, expert advisory panel... Uh, and to make the case for reform um, and put his name to it, yeah. I, I really admire that, also another retired chief constable so it was a very powerful path. yeah you so. yeah you
2: you've you've um you've put on a you, you put together a very a, a great paper, but I think one of the things that I would take issue with is that um and it 's something that's actually brought up in uh, transform's other pamphlet debating drugs how to make the case for legal regulation um we need a grassroots movement we like labor and labor policy Grassroots, yeah (laughs) yeah pun intended on every single level on every single level but we do we do need uh you know within labor labor is you know directed by its members Mm. and those members only uh, react to the information that they're given. If members of our community aren't going into CLPs mm. and engaging and combating the, you know, the the, the very, very tired kind of tropes, uh, the very, you know, very tired arguments for prohibition, um, that's going to be a problem. Like right now in the Labour Party, I think there are only a couple of uh, folks who, uh, I mean, one of them in particular, uh, Chris Williamson from Derby, uh, uh, Derby Chris on on Twitter for anyone who wants to follow him, um, who stood up in the middle of uh, Labour conference and very proudly proclaimed, uh, proclaimed prohibition must end. He's one MP in the middle of you know God knows how many else, and he, is, you know, he we, voted
3: yeah. he voted for the bill on Tuesday yeah. along with I think there were no, there were nine. Labour MPs in total who did it, and I really admire them for making a
2: stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but again, like, his view isn't, I know his view isn't shared by the rest of, uh, you know, but the rest of Labour MPs, but that is down to, I would say, you know, Labour supporters, people who engage, who participate in the, you know, the electoral, you know, process, to influence uh to influence labor i would personally love to try and bring a motion to say next year's uh labor conference mm. you know via my uh local uh clp uh uh to you know to to motion put a motion but, towards uh, ending prohibition i don't know what that motion would look like but i need you know this is it's something that needs to be discussed at at the local level like we need to look at how this is gonna you know how we can um, you know positively influence our, our MPs in this way when you've got like for example I look at the the number of uh, uh MPs on here uh that the MPs that kind of voted against you Kate Hoey uh among them um uh, I'm yep. sure Femi's Yeah there were Labour mm, MPs voted yeah. against Yeah so you've got I mean she is the vice chair of the APPG uh on cannabis harmful effects on developing brains, which uh, I don't know if you know much about that APPG, but one of the uh, the public sponsors of that is uh, Cans, um, like Lucy Dawes of the founder of Cans, um, cannabis uh, against uh, what's it, cannabis skunk sense. and uh, I mean I went on the I went on her on the website, and you know she's a, a mum that I believe uh, lost somebody uh, lost her lost a child to what she sees as, you know, cannabis addiction. Um, but, I mean, most of the policy and most of the uh, the stuff that she talks about on there is based on just such, uh, you know, I'm just looking at the printouts that I've got right now from a website. It's just based on such, you know, fundamental misunderstanding about how uh, cannabis works and the endocannabinoid system. Um, and it's... But, yeah, yeah. but
3: any... Uh, Any harms that there are and, you know, there is a debate about the Mm. extent of risk, Uh, the risk where there is uh, potential risk appears to be where teenagers in particular, young people, um, continuously use high uh, potency
2: Mm. strains. Yeah, but there's a uh, reason for that, though. There's a there, there's a reason for which is for that it's not, it's not
4: properly regulated, which is why you you're, you're not no, getting I'm, more...
2: I'm I'm talking more about the reason that you know young people are going uh, you know are going to drugs are going mm-hmm. into alcohol uh, you know alcoholism mm-hmm. uh, because the you know you look at the economic forecast you look
3: at but, the you look at you, the but the point I'm the point I'm making just very quickly. The point I'm making is if there is a risk and and taking into account all of the other circumstances which might. Lead people to that situation. If there is a risk, it's better to regulate it than to leave it in the hands of a criminal market. That's and, and yet they they leap to the other conclusion. There are quite a lot of parents um, who've uh, lost uh, sons or daughters mm. in tragic circumstances, where they recognise that their sons or daughters were at risk because it is a criminal market mm. Mm. and because they have no idea what they're buying. And actually, this cuts across social class. There are, mm-hmm. there are families who suffered tragedy of all sorts of backgrounds. There's a peer, a hereditary peer, who lost a son to suicide, uh, tragically. Uh, and he campaigns for reform because he recognizes that these tragedies are occurring here and now in a, in, in a situation where we leave the supply in the hands of criminals.
2: That mm.
4: is what's not working. Yeah. But as you mentioned, Ashwin, before, I mean, in order to get change, we need, well, you mentioned grassroots. Mm. Um How is it difficult to get a grassroots movement of people to legalize cannabis?
2: Because nobody, I mean, from what, from my observations, I mean, you have a lot of different organizations. Mm. You do have a lot of different organizations altogether, but I think... You've got, uh, I would see at the moment as already the uh, the kind of cannabis, the anti-prohibition kind of movement is split into two halves. And mm. they're two ideological, uh, two ideologically separate kind of halves. You've got one half that, uh, you know, wants to regulate, but essentially wants to... Uh, apply the principles of capitalism onto cannabis market, Mm. as they say, to withdraw, to extract as much wealth as possible. Then you have this other half that are, you know, we want to benefit our communities. We want to benefit our local kind of areas. How
4: how do they differ in practice? Well,
2: essentially, one of them are a bunch of, you know, blood-sucking... Capitalist vampires, and the other one are a bunch of you know hippies who organise on the well, not that's 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 really unfair. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to you know there are some amazing people, but there are but most of these guys are working under the radar mm. to, uh, for example, to basically do stuff and organising, for example, that the, the phenomenon of organising that you see that happens, for example, in trade unions and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. in this country mm. with the I'd say the cannabis scene it's not really done. So you've got people who are just concerned about their local communities, and then you've got people who want to make money. Mm. And well,
3: I, I've got, a, I mean, as an example, I've got a constituent who's a man in his 50s uh, who's a pan councillor. He's, he's a law-abiding citizen. He happens to suffer from acute pain through fibromyalgia, through mm. uh, IBS, through uh, osteoarthritis and so forth. He knows that the only thing that really shifts this pain is cannabis. Mm-hmm. He's he's tried. Uh, he was fascinatingly he was prescribed fentanyl Ugh. through the NHS, which is an opiate, which is uh, highly addictive and poten- uh, potentially fatal. So he can get that very dangerous substance on the NHS, but he can't get cannabis. So he gets cannabis from a cooperative. Mm. which has to operate uh, illegally because it's uh, an unlawful substance. Uh, But they grow their cannabis for medicinal purposes. Mm. And he knows that if he buys through that source, then it's safe and people are growing it and supplying it for the right reasons. And he buys it for vaping, Mm. which is his means of taking it. So he he avoids the, the potential dangers of smoking mm. um, and it relieves his pain. And yet we try to make that man a criminal for trying to use cannabis to relieve his
4: pain. So, so you're saying the NHS will supply a drug that is addictive and dangerous but won't supply a drug exactly no, a, a right. cannabis yeah. that is and healthy in America, and safe.
3: In America there is a public health crisis with large numbers of deaths of people through overdosing on Uh, dreadful things like fentanyl, Mm. uh, all prescribed in the States. But we're doing it in this country as well. And how ironic it is that the NHS supplies very dangerous products Denies this man the right to have his
4: cannabis I mean that's, that's kind of the, the hypocrisy of the entire attitude that we have to drugs uh, across the western world I mean I'm coming at this from a perspective of somebody that doesn't drink smoke or do any sort of drugs at all um but when i and so when i'm i'm coming when I'm looking at it, I'm seeing at university, the damage that was done in relation to alcohol versus the damage that was well, done in relation exactly. to weed. The stories I, made, I can tell you.
3: I made the point in Parliament on Tuesday that in the very building that I was speaking in, in other words, the Parliament of the United Kingdom, hmm. we consumed vast quantities of the most dangerous drug of all, which is alcohol. Hmm. Uh, that's you know, a proper scientific assessment uh, if you take into account harm to yourself and harm to others, particularly violence uh, on the streets yeah. and well, domestic uh, violence, we consume vast quantities of the most dangerous drug of all in the National Parliament,
4: I'm, I'm, and I'm yet re-
3: we criminalise people for using a less dangerous drug.
4: Oh yeah, I, it, A, it's not surprising that there's a lot of alcohol consumed in Parliament given what's happening with Brexit these days. Secondly, <laughs> um, uh, um, the um, I'm reading right here... Um, In 2015, 2015, according according to the um, Institute for Alcohol Studies, um, it was 47% of violent crime was alcohol-related in the UK.
3: Yeah, exactly. Hmm. The damage is enormous, and yet we continue to criminalise people who, by and large, go to sleep if they have too much cannabis.
4: (laughs) Well, um, I we will keep, continue this afterwards. Uh, right now, we're just going to um, meet uh, John Snow because he uh, he tried um, a bit of uh, I think I think a bit of cannabis um, and it had a fun effect. But we'll just trail first for Callum Shaw.
0: Bar Radio presents Callum McSwiggert. We are now joined by the lovely, lovely Scarlett Curtis. Had a pop-up in the Topshop, Monop Circus. After just
1: a few hours of the pop-up being up, it got taken down. If it was taken down because
2: it was too controversial, or they thought they were going to get a backlash, you know, that's really saying
5: that a store that only really sells to teenagers won't endorse something that is advocating for their equality. It's really crazy, and I think... We really need to think about the messages that we're giving out for these girls and, you know, make sure that their money just isn't
1: fueling the patriarchy even more. Every Wednesday, from 6pm, FUBAR Radio.
2: How vulnerable did you feel?
0: They filmed the whole experience. Mm. We have to ingest two balloons of vapour, which is the equivalent to a spliff of of, um, skunk. And very quickly you see me become very disorientated. I mean, what it felt like to me was that my soul had in some way been wrenched from my body. I, oh. There was nobody in my world. I felt in a very, very dark place. Couldn't even conjure an image of my wife, for example. I mean, an extraordinary, a very dark place. It has to be said that not all the guinea pigs experienced this, although um, uh, others did. Um, it was quite a mix of outcomes. But I suppose the really important thing is that, um, this chimes with the report from King's College, which said that um, 25% of all psychosis diagnosed in London last year was down to skunk, or had a relationship Mm. with skunk. Mm. Uh, And the problem is that the only substance on the street that really is being marketed as cannabis is skunk. 80% of all hash, or cannabis, or whatever you want to call it, is skunk, so the market is absolutely deluged with the stuff, which is very often home grown grown domestically, and the rest of it um, and when people talk about cannabis, they 're talking about skunk these days, mm. yeah. Uh, something very strong. You did. You, strong. you likened the two skunk versus hash together. I mean, it is. A, it's a, a chemical difference, a chemical mm. thing. THC,
2: which is, is tetrahydrocannabinol uh, in cannabis, is what makes people feel stoned. Cannabidiol, which is mm. CBD, which can act as an antidote to some of the THC effects, and skunk has none of that. So there is no there so, are no softening
0: effects. There are no softening effects, and, and one needs to recognise it's been genetically engineered. To be like that, mm. to be as strong as it's possible to make it, um, and I think what one really has to say is that if anybody has a kind of psychological weakness of any description or, or a, a mental condition, it can easily trigger it or exacerbate it. Mm. Um, and you know, in a way, it's not a story about criminalization or anything like that. Although uh, it has to be said that. If there were a market as there is in Holland, for example, or in Oregon in, in the United States or uh, I- even in the capital city of the United States in Washington, uh, it would be legal to, uh, to buy ordinary unless less damaging mm. cannabis on the street. But here, because there is no market, there is only a ban and therefore a criminal supply, that supply is adulterated and serious trouble.
4: Welcome back to The Floor Is Yours. Thank you very much, Norman Lamb, for uh, talking to us about the 10-minute bill to hopefully get a regulated system of, of uh, cannabis legalization in this country. Um, right now, we're, we're here with uh, Chris James, who's in the studio. He's a singer-songwriter who uses CBD for uh, anxiety. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Sleep, anxiety, general chill of a day <laughs> to be fair okay and uh, we, we also have Sam from Canasaurus who um, specialises in the making of CBD CDB oils and edibles that's right so um, the availability of CBD
1: in, in the country is obviously of great importance to you tell me more about it Well, for me, basically, uh, my cousin just is is in in a relationship with somebody that Mm. kind of works as a third party, as a distributor in Liverpool. Mm. So, because I'm always backwards and forwards to America, I have a bit of a problem with my sleep and stuff. And, you know, a little Mm. bit of anxiety because of the the type of job that I'm in. Mm. And uh, she just reached out to me about two months ago and was like, look... um, we've just got this really good CBD company going, would you like to have some products, Bloody, bloody, blah, mm. So I just started taking a couple of drops in the morning, a couple of drops in the evening. What difference has it made? Just a massive, massive difference. You know, um, like I'm completely, I'm just a lot calmer than I was before. My sleep is amazing. I'm waking up really early, going to bed. When I when I go to bed, I sleep straight away. Um, and then I, I explained about my mother, she's epileptic and she's got Crohn's disease. She's been on it for about four weeks, well, six, six weeks, but the four weeks, before, like the last four weeks, she's stopped her medication completely and had no, no, no seizures at all and uh, no fits. And she's, as I say, her whole um, Crohn's is completely in remission. Holy crap. So, yeah, so no, she usually has, like, you know, once a week really bad attacks with the stomach. Nothing at all. And she's on, I think it's about a 1,000 milligrams in 30 mil, like, you know, like with, mixed with the coconut oil. She takes about five to six drops in the morning, and then she takes some pills of an evening, which is, I think, just the same CBD oil in a little capsule. And she's had no problems at all, you know. So I just think when i like like, because i am in the music business i've got a lot of young followers Mm. and i did get pulled aside like from one of the people on the label saying like why are you um you know tweeting about Mm. (laughs) cbd all and Mm. i'm like well because my mother is absolutely like a 25 year old woman again you know Mm. what i mean like she's had no problems and i feel great so i just think we kind of need to get the message out there that it actually Mm. does work and we are talking about a plant here you know not Mm. some really big devilish thing (laughs) that everyone is so scared about talking about and it's on on education isn't it I just think people need educating on it you know when they understand about something then they're More inclined to get involved with it, but I just, I just think you know, recommend to anyone. I really do. That's
4: amazing because I mean, I've got a a relative of mine that suffers from Crohn's, so the idea that that
1: CBD might actually help, and what's Mm. the the availability like? Well, for me, I think there's so much online, but I think you've got to be careful. I mean, I just, you know, who you're getting it from. But Mm. I know that my my cousin's other half, he's getting it from the best companies from UK and America, and he's kind of just the guy in the middle. Like they, they've got a website and all that, and they sort me out, you know. But I, I think um I just think I just think everyone should, I should, I should, it should it should be part of people's daily diet. Yep, I think yeah. because yeah. you know it's it's massive. It's massive. I mean, I I know a couple of the Liverpool boxers and they're on it for, purely for mm-hmm. when the the finish in the box and the massive inflammation they have to the hands and it just completely it reduces mm-hmm. all of the inflammation because it's you know and I'm assuming that's what is helping my mother with her Crohn's disease because you know the, the, inflammatory, the gut, inflammatory in the gut yeah is yeah. massive and it must that's be a, that's amazing. You um, know? Um,
4: but yeah, so we, we just listened to there was uh, the clip. From Jon Snow, where he uh, after just trying um, <laughs> uh, a lot, was it skunk or was it, or was it cannabis? It was a variety a skunk in a vaporizer,
5: mm. I, I believe. <laughs> from my, my, my sort of memory serves me correct. <laughs> All I would say is he took about ten hits. Of a of a big vaporizer bag, which for even the someone with heavy Volcanoes. tolerance, mm. yeah, it's <laughs> gonna it's gonna hit you pretty hard. So <laughs> yeah. for someone as a fifty year old, who's probably never touched cannabis before, <laughs> and you're going to have a high strength skunk strain, um, and then you do it like that. And then the, the guy was getting him to hold it in for like eight seconds uh, at time <laughs> and then no wonder he's sort of you know tripping out a little bit off that, you know. Yeah, you said so he said, he said it took idea. his soul. I know. It's I mean, th- th- the thing is, it's like for me giving someone that's never drunk alcohol a whole bottle of super strength vodka, of yeah. drink vodka <laughs> yeah. and then say well look what it's done to him you know? well, yeah. you were asking for trouble yeah, weren't you you know it's, and but that's but the responsibility I, I of using it correctly really. I still think
4: it was totally worth it just to see Jon Snow just like talking about how <laughs> his, his, his soul had been removed from he
5: probably him. needed that experience in all honesty too. I think,
2: I think, I think my spiritually damaging things to see Jon Snow whiting out
4: I yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think actually White Channel Four slow. News would be a lot more fun if he did that every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but he made the distinction between skunk and cannabis. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting. It's
5: interesting actually because for me, mm. some of the, the the strains that are being grown currently by, say, for example, British Sugar, mm. who grow the most uh, medicinal cannabis in the world, <laughs> we export with the largest exporter of about ninety tons a year. Mm people get this confused because there is a campaign by certain people to demonize certain parts of the plant and to promote other parts of it. Mm. Now I own a CBD company myself. So I'm a promoter of CBD and I know its benefits and what it can do. However, I'm a massive advocate for THC and what THC can mm. do. And some of the more serious ailments, I have to be careful by the way, because I'm not allowed by law to talk about medicinal benefits of CBD, mm. um, which is a bit of a ridiculous
4: situation just, to be in currently. Just for our listeners, CBD yeah. and THC. Yep. Yeah. Can you just explain the difference?
5: Well, THC is one compound that is found in the cannabis or hemp plant, mm-hmm. um, which is psychoactive, mm-hmm. um, so of course changes your mind state.
4: So it's the, ma- it's the main bit of weed that basically makes you... The, there.
5: it, yes, yeah, there's, there's arguments there's one other compound called CBN, which has a sedate, sedative effect but not psychoactive, mm-hmm. um, but THC is the only one that's psychoactive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only compound in the plant that is, is illegal. So mm-hmm. when people say to you cannabis is illegal, and that's not strictly correct mm. THC is illegal all of the other compounds are illegal and they all have a whole list of, of effects that they can have within your endocannabinoid system mm. THC just happens to be the one that is psychoactive and so it's almost like the side effect of it is it gets you high mm. however uh, with certain other things for pain and for showing um, some really good signs uh, with cancer and epilepsy mm. Mm. Um, and Crohn's yeah, yeah. And Crohn's yeah. Um, there are some real positives there. Um, yeah, what you said earlier about skunk mm. and medicinal cannabis. Yeah. So my point was British sugar. A lot of the strains that they're growing yeah.
2: would be deemed skunk. Okay. Oh, okay. so okay. so I using skunk. Is skunk number one what Sativex is, uh, is made from? So, so,
4: so, so skunk is basically... Is medicinal a, a, a cannabis. Is medicinal cannabis. All, yeah, all cannabis <laughs> is medicinal, is medicinal. Yeah. Yes. medicinal yes. cannabis. Okay.
5: Depending <laughs> on what you need. So mm. for certain people, they might, might need high THC strains, which is mm. what you would know as skunk. Well, yeah. that's all that means. Uh, skunk is, is, is a strain of cannabis that was grown a long time ago. Mm.
4: But it's my understanding that skunk is, is less safe than what we would normally call cannabis. Um,
5: it's, the con- it's the content of THC. Mm. And... I think what it means is that what we've ended up in this country is a situation where because of the black market mainly, mm. we've ended up with growers inadvertently growing strains that have a huge amount of THC in it because that's really what people want to buy. That's where the money yeah. comes from in on the street value because people want to get high. Yeah, They have inadvertently, a lot of the strains you find out even when they're tested, the, the levels of CBD in those plants are pretty much non-existent. Mm. So for somebody that might have a mental disposition, mm. okay, um... THC might increase their paranoia anxiety. Mm. It may do. Without the C B D present, because the C B D actually has the anti anxiety and the antipsychotic properties, yeah. funnily enough. So when again people talk about cannabis psychosis, mm. C B D's been trained to have antipsychotic properties. So if we regulated and we had um, well regulated, we just, we just had a bit of common sense, and mm. we grew we grew ca- cannabis strains that had some with high THC for certain people, some mm. with no THC and high CBD, some with both. One to one strains have been showing really good for cancer, mm. in a- anecdotal evidence and, mm. and certain research.
4: So, so wait, so if I, if I'm getting this right, the fact that we criminalise um, THC and mm. and and just cannabis in general, mm. is actually co- costing public health
5: yes it's it to me this is the problem we've got at this moment is that a lot of people that uh if you're looking at the illegal side of things Mm. and there's a lot of charities and there's a lot of compassion clubs out there currently Mm. who make oils for people that have the serious conditions that require thc so they can't come to companies like us because we can't supply that by uk law Mm. so they might turn then to hopefully charities and compassion clubs sometimes they turn to snake oil salesmen and get conned scammed and all sorts of stuff happens so but the people that then go to the to the charities there's a whole problem at the moment in the uk where those people are breaking the law to supply the oil to Mm. these to these people Mm. now i've heard of stories with mothers that have been giving cannabis oil illegal cannabis oil to their children it 's massively helping their health, however, for they epilepsy, have Yep, yeah, and they have to stay silent, so when they 're sitting in a, in a hospital or in a consultancy room with a load of other parents of, of epileptic children, for example. Mm they're not even allowed to speak on it because they worry about the law, yeah. they worry about their children's health because they're then going to have their medicine taken away and they can't give it to them so they have to remain quiet and there's a, it's almost like an epidemic proportion where we need to speak out now, people yeah. have got to be honest and say what's going on because thousands of people in the UK are treating themselves illegally with, with an oil that they need and I say it's that one compound THC that currently the government have, have well they've, they've uh, token gesture, changed the law and said that they're going to uh, allow and tinctures with with THC in, mm. and yet, unless you're going sort of private, from what I understand, nobody's been granted that application whatsoever. I so mean, just
2: to mm. just to tap onto the end of what Sam's saying, um, like one particular story that I think all you listeners should look into is the the story of Callie Blackwell mm. and Darren Blackwell. Yes, yes. Callie, who essentially uh, provided uh, what while her son was. You know, he, he had pretty much signed his own... He, he was resigned to dying. Death. Mm. Yeah. death. It was. They, they, it was they, on they, his deathbed. They, death yeah, they take him dead. about
5: three days to live at this point. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
2: And then it was at this point that um, Callie started um, administering herself um, cannabis oil under the tongue. Mm. Two weeks later, he's still alive. Three weeks, four White weeks. Blood cells. White blood cells yeah, started going up. She yeah. take, She took the CBD, away. Oh, just to see, uh, went back down. Again. You went back down. Yeah. This, it, I mean, C- this. All of this is on YouTube. All of these interviews are there. Interesting. And I mean. she couldn't say anything until after this, You know, until after the. You know, after but the fact.
5: It's, yeah. it's still kind of just. And she still my worries mind. now. He, th- even Darren, Darren's now still taking cannabis Yeah, he has oil. to. He has yeah. to yeah. every the day. The cancer's still there. And they there. still worry because it's illegally. He's illegally treating himself. I mean, interestingly, for me, going back five six years ago uh of for me and the business wouldn't exist. It was actually that story, Callie's story, oh, which really? was a massive, massive catalyst for yeah. me to say, mm. I've had enough of this now, and I'm really going to stop doing something about this. You mm. know? I mean, on
2: the back of, again, like what Chris is saying was that, you know, his he got into CBD because, you know, his, was it your exactly. your, your girlfriend's... Uh, it was, yeah, it was my,
1: cousin, my cousin's, boyfriend, cousin's boyfriend. Your cousin's boyfriend, yeah. Yeah, they kind so, of reached out yeah. and I had a few issues. But like, not, not issues, but, you yeah. know, just...
2: But that's a personal, Absolutely. that's a personal yeah. connection. Like yeah. I know, I know Sam, I know Cannabisers, yeah, I know yeah. other brands like you know Absolutely. CBD yeah, Brothers, yeah. and I know mm-hmm. the people behind them. Mm-hmm. What prohibition has is, is done is it, it essentially it, there is no kind of. Uh, you know, minimal kind of level of service or level of trust at the mm. moment. There's no regulatory body. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to rely on the people behind it, mm. like and good people and good motivations. That, like I said yeah. earlier, there's they, we've got two camps at the moment in, cannab- in cannabis. You've got one side that wants to make money, another side that wants to look mm. after their community, help people, and then on one particular kind of organisation that essentially wants to be the de facto regulatory body for mm-hmm. their own profit yep. and shielding CBD they are shielding CBD scammers mm-hmm. they're shielding yep. uh, a lot of other you know they engage in some very so. well, well, bad
4: well, when, when there's a lack of actual like, legislation and a framework to make to keep things safe you're going to yeah. get the big businesses you're going to get the, well, the the darker elements of society it's the free market but I mean yeah. if I were to be listening to this I, w- I would think that the greater threat to health is the law rather than the cannabis itself Yes but, yeah um but some, some doctors say that it's not, it's not conclusive, that we haven't done enough evidence. In <laughs> enough, know,
1: enough you, know, you say that, but it's like, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but a fr- unfortunately a friend of mine died of cancer and then a mm. father got mouth and throat cancer. And because they kind of knew a little bit about CBD, the, the, his other daughter just started giving it to him. Mm. And, and, and he, it, you know, I don't think it was, t- it was stage three, it had gone into his lymph nodes. And literally, as soon as he started getting administered the oil, he, he's, he's, he's completely in remission now. And yeah. he goes to the hospital and they go well, we don't know how this has happened. it's like, well, yeah. we do, because that, but, you know... <laughs> but the, I mean, the
5: thing is about that, though, is that, see, see, this is the thing, so the doctors would say, well, that's just anecdotal. Yeah. No, but if we look around the world, <laughs> there's, there's millions of anecdotal cases. Mm, that in itself yeah. is enough to, to warrant more research. But... but I, I, the political one isn't there. Well, what f- I find quite it's just ridiculous this country really isn't. Mm. It? there's other countries around the world that are way ahead of us Absolutely, they've got mm. published journals medical reviews showing the benefits over a long period of time yet it seems in this country unless it's produced by UK doctors oh, or, yeah, yeah. or mm. the UK published journals which there actually are some still mm. even by the universities in this country the, the evidence is done the, the the arguments won for me. There is mm. no debate anymore about the medical benefits. They're there. If you want to go and discover it, just Google it, mm. and you'll find them. They're published journals. But, <laughs> um so that that for me is is done. There's more. So so is so the answer
4: then? Just to get the BMA on side and get and get basically.
5: Yeah, I understand they need to do clinical trials, Mm. they need to do things properly, but they need to hurry up, because Mm. the way it is at the moment, we're looking at like, it's been going on for years, and we're looking at potentially another five, ten years before they get their heads around this, Mm. and in in my opinion, you know, putting together panels of people that have medical backgrounds, but absolutely no knowledge on cannabis, no Mm. wonder it's Mm. a ball's up and things aren't happening, what they really need to be looking at, Is that certain people that are already within either the legal or the illegal cannabis industry because it's interesting we're talking about regulation and stuff most people you know our company for example and others around us we take it on ourselves to lab test products Mm. okay to make sure for our customers peace of mind that it is what they're getting the same way there's compassion clubs and charities that supply people with illegal oil they say well it's illegal they're still getting their oils tested and making sure they're the right oil so there are the right people doing this, mm. and in my opinion, uh, the government aren't going to do this. But in my opinion, they would be. Should look into this industry and find the people that have been treating people for twenty years. Absolutely. Understand mm. the plant. Mm. They understand the different ratios that are required for different ailments. Yeah. Mm. You know, for me personally, there's. I mean, there's a lot of people out there, but one that always comes to my mind and has been influential to me is a guy called Jeff Ditchfield. Mm. who's done a load yeah. of work and has has treated hundreds, if not thousands, of. Of very sick people, you should probably
2: it, shout out Bud Buddies as well.
5: That's the charity Bud Buddies. Mm. Just, uh, to, to anybody that is ever even looking into that um,
2: or wants to know more, Bud Buddies is an amazing charity. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, we would. So THDC, we um, we might we actually make uh, t-shirts uh to their benefit uh or feed the birds feed the birds is another kind of online uh facebook group organizing Mm -hmm. group um people can go there i mean at the moment it's uh mostly taken up with (laughs) anti-brexit messaging as as, as is our entire life (laughs) (laughs) uh, but but, but i mean this i mean again it's one of the big problems again it, it kind of folds into um this whole uh, notion of getting letting the market kind of decide—we mm. when we let a free market decide—is when we start getting you know these high yeah. THC strains because yeah. people want to dis- you know people want to disconnect from from reality. Well, yeah, you I know, mean, how- I, I,
4: I've I've watched Ted, I, I've watched Ted. Remember, remember well, the movie Ted? Yeah, they had, and the different strains that they had. I think one was, the first one was called Mind Rape, the second one was um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some g- them getting g- a bit g- like g- that. G- Gorilla Panic, and then the third one was um, <laughs> This Is Permanent. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So So yeah, the idea to make the highest THC rate is... But you know,
5: interestingly though, even if we look at the legal CBD market, Mm. what's really frustrating for me at the moment is I always preach on about um, whole plant extracts. Mm. Okay, So CBD that comes from the whole plant. So our oils, we don't use any um, concentrate or isolate, which Mm. is for that, you need to isolate CBD from the whole plant. Mm. You need a solvent, ethanol, butane whatever it might be. We're not fans of it. And Mm. also, there's a lot of studies to show that CBD on its own is not as effective as CBD within the whole plant. So we're very passionate about that. But what I'm finding now is that now that this is picking up steam and there's other people that are seeing it as a cash cow and jumping on the bandwagon Mm. and want to make just money. They don't care about people at all. They Mm -hmm. just see it as, look at this thing, it's booming, we want to make money. What they're now doing is shipping in a lot of cheap, isolate Concentrate CBD, some of it's from China, mm. God knows where some of it's, it's from.
2: Some of it's not even CBD, no,
5: it's, it's not, not spice. It's, yeah, it's not effective, mm. it's still got residual solvents left in it. And then I've seen it already now with these, like, you know, sort of schemes where for what we would charge mm. um, for, for say 3,000 milligrams of whole plant extract which is a roughly about 30 to 40 pounds depending on what, what product you're going with. Mm. There's companies online that are charging four hundred dollars for mm. the same product, okay? And not only that, it's of a, 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 a concentrate isolate, which is probably not even doing you know anything for them. Mm. Um, so what we're seeing already in this free yeah. market, you know, unfortunately in a capitalist, you know, it, it, I keep saying to people this is it should be CBD a care industry. Mm. It, sh- it can't be seen as any other industry where it's just profit over everything because people are, are taking this as a medicine, mm. and some people. Um, for me personally, my personal view is: is I wouldn't, with my views on the world. Want to make a product and then price it out of the market yeah, for, yeah. for working class people mm. that then they can't treat themselves with yeah. an amazing yeah. medicine. Yeah. It but doesn't yeah. make any we, sense. We look at the, the
2: price of a P- uh, a P-LX, so G W mm. farmers. Oh, yeah, a G W farmers CBD, which yeah. they've patented. It is what is it thirty uh, yeah, two thousand pounds? Thirty two thousand pound? Yeah, a month. I
5: think. Is yeah.
4: <laughs> but, 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 yeah, but no. if you're selling it's it a lot cheaper at of stores, how are they even managing to shift it? what GW? g w is it because C- that 's
2: the one that because that is the, that's the mm. that 's yes. mm. the product that has market um, authorization yes that 's the product that has i mean just i mean this is the thing they can 't at the moment they haven 't banned cbd, but what've no. what the government has done mm. is that they 've now, for example, pet CBD because CBD is good for your pets as mm. well um, the vMD at the request of the uh, of the home office have required every single CBd uh, producer that you know that sells their products in the country to get market authorization for each and every product, mm. Mm. and uh, every single, And I think well, a lot of retailers have been getting. Yeah, you, know, you can't market anything way. for, for, for pets. I mean, and I
5: mean, it, I mean on an, on another note, I mean, mm. it's, it's, the way that they've made it is because CBD mm. is a food supplement. Mm. um, we can't make any medicinal claims Mm. so I could have Mm. a thousand people coming to me saying I'm using it for X and it's working amazingly and then
4: someone else comes to me and says will it work for that and I have
5: to say I'm sorry I can't speak on it uh,
4: but I think it comes down to education I mean Chris you've you've said that change comes through education I mean if if the attitudes to CBD and the the uses of of the cannabis plant were just generally better surely the politicians would get on board which means the medical Mm. community would get on board surely absolutely
1: yeah well I mean that's how how I found it because you know I was little bit dubious myself and then i just Mm. thought well you know they gave me a pile of products edibles Mm. i had some fabulous times with the chocolate it's amazing Mm. and the the brownies but i then started looking into it and actually i haven't really educated myself completely but the fact is it works for me it works Mm. for my family and i actually think like anything sorry if if Mm. if people are educated on any subject they're Mm. more inclined to look into it do you know what i mean And, and like and, and certainly find like your company I'm going to have to look at your do company you. when I go yeah, home do, teach, please do mm. Mm. but yeah so it, it is definitely education like everything I would definitely say absolutely and uh, and Ashwin TCHC TCHC H- C- I can't <laughs> even remember
4: the name of it what's it called again people do like the cancers, you know TCHC the hemp trading company you're having a Christmas party is that right yes we are
2: we're having a very big hootenanny over at club 33 in the east end of London uh, we, uh That's tomorrow. We've oh, got... Awesome. Uh, got For any of you listeners who are a drum and bass fans, we've got Mickey Finn headlining, uh, along with uh, Josh Whitehouse, Lazy Habits. Looking forward uh, to bi- Josh Whitehouse. Oh, yeah. It's some good stuff. But we've also got... I mean, it's not just going to be a, a, a rave. We've got some talks as well. We've got... Um, uh, we've got Jason Reed from uh, from leap mm-hmm. that's the UK law enforcement against prohibition uh, no uh, law enforcement action they've changed their me there are a bunch of there are a bunch of coppers ex coppers yeah. ex you know intelligence service people who are campaigning actively campaigning against the uh, government's position on uh, prohibition mm-hmm. uh, we've also got uh, Stephen Reed from the psychedelic Society yep. we've got Paddy Re- uh, Paddy Gillette from Hempen and and um, and the British Hemp Association mm. and also Abby Hughes from the United Patients Alliance. We're, co- we're basically coming together trying to get that grassroots uh, kind of movement mm. started and just talking about um, how we can, each, in, each of us as individuals can put pressure mm. upon our... Uh, you know, political representatives which to nece- change the which law, is, which
4: is necessary because we need to move. There's four other ways. The law is going to be more of a danger than the actual yeah. substances themselves. Can, yeah. But thank you very much, Sam, Chris, and Ashwin. Thank um, you. Th- thank you. Th- this Thanks has so been th- this has been the floor is yours. And given that Theresa May um, is looking like she might have to go at some point, uh, <laughs> w- we figured this song from Ariana Grande might be particularly appropriate. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com.